Hello, all the lovers. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I am one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. We're time and space explorers. Come along for the ride. So welcome, Time and Space Explorer. We're happy to have you. We are. This is a little bit of a bonus episode. Yeah, it's kind of happening outside of Time and Space. We are going to give you your year ahead spread for 2024. Ooh, take it or leave it. Yeah, but hopefully you take it. (laughs) So what we've done is we called in the spirits, we got ourselves centered, The moon is currently at 29 degrees of Cancer, which is a pretty amazing place for the moon to be. Yeah. 29 is a big degree point for the astrology of 2024. We've got the sun and Pluto conjunct at 29 degrees of Capricorn before Pluto moves into Aquarius. And we've also got Neptune going to be hanging out at 29 degrees of Pisces before they move into Aries in 2025. It's also going to be my 29th birthday this year. So it's so major, everybody. So 29. It's really huge. Angel's about to leave their 20s. No, it's going to be my last year in the 20s. It's actually my last year in the 30s. You're about to start it, yeah. I'm going to turn 39 in February. But the 29th degree is known as the anoretic degree. It's a degree of mastery. Cancer is an intuitive water sign. So we had Angel, who has a 28 degree Cancer moon pull the cards so we have one card for each month of the year and then a 13th card that sits at the center and that 13th card is the central theme it is the teaching it is what weaves every other experience back to the center so we took a photo of this we're using the dang olsen dream tarot which is a really beautiful imaginative and playful interpretation of the tarot yeah it's super fun And so we are just going to take you through the year. So sit back, get yourself nice and centered, and receive some tarot wisdom. So let's start with the center. The card at the center of our wheel for 2024 is the Two of Cups, which is a very sweet and very auspicious pull. So you can thank Angel Richard Lopez for that. Two of cups, two cups that sip as one. So cups are emotional, they're intuitive, they're relationship oriented. They're also quite creative. They're the things in your life which flow. And the two of cups is what's known as the minor arcana lover's card because there is an actual lover's card in the major arcana. Spoiler alert, we did not pull that for 2024. But the two of cups is really how we fall in love with ourselves and how we use the love that we have for ourselves in every interaction with other people. So what we see in this card are two figures who are pouring into each other. They're exchanging cups of love. And in this particular deck, we have two people that are showing the external 
and then the internal. Um, the figure on the right, if you look at the photo, it's almost as if you can see like the veins or the neurons or the electric pathways, the energetic makeup of the being. And so what that suggests to me is that we're learning how to exchange from the physical to the invisible. We're learning how to love ourselves, not just based on what we see, but what we feel. And then we take that out into the world. To me, it evokes a year of tremendous kindness kindness for oneself, and then the more kind we can be to ourselves, the more reservoirs of kindness we have for others. The Two of Cups also in the Pamela Coleman Smith deck has the symbol of the caduceus, and the caduceus is essentially like the symbol for all of modern medicine, and I do believe that the symbol is there to suggest that the thing that heals us most quickly is our ability to love and our ability to treat other people with love. You never know how healing a quick but kind interaction can be. And so as we move through the wheel of the year, I would just encourage you to think about what aspects of yourself have you not allowed to be loved? What parts of yourself have you relegated to the edges of your being? Because this year would say it's time to bring them center stage. The card for the year, this is just numerology, 2024, it adds up to an 8. And for us, the 8th card in the tarot is the strength card. Some people work with the 8th card as justice, but that's not how we play the tarot game. So, uh, spoiler alert, Angel actually did pull this card in the Wheel of the Year. Yeah, it's actually say. the card for December. So what that says to me is that we are learning strength all throughout the year. But to take it back to the Two of Cups, strength is heartfelt courage. And it requires heartfelt courage to love all aspects of ourself. It's very easy to disassociate and to compartmentalize, to pick up on the unspoken cues of society or family and understand that like this part of myself really doesn't get that much praise or attention so I should try to dial that down as opposed to understanding that just because a part of yourself isn't immediately rewarded externally doesn't mean that it doesn't have value even the sticky parts even the uncomfortable parts the two of cups is how can you hold unconditional love for yourself and for others and it's a really beautiful way to kind of center ourselves as we move through the year So for those of you who might be following along with us by looking at the photo, which is posted on our Instagram, you'll start in the upper right-hand corner. There's an amethyst crystal on that card, and I put that crystal there so that way you're oriented in where we begin. And then we move counterclockwise, because in my learning, I understand that counterclockwise is the direction of spirit, clockwise is the direction of physical reality. So we begin with the Eight of Wands, which makes a lot of sense to me because on January 1st, Mercury goes direct. And the truth is, is at that point, we basically have every planet in the sky moving direct with the exception of Jupiter? Uranus? Yeah, Uranus, because Jupiter will have just gone direct itself. So figure... All of our planets, except for Uranus, are moving direct. And the Eight of Wands is all about movement. It's about catching wind. In the Pamela Coleman Smith tarot, you see eight wands that are moving horizontally at quite a ferocious pace, as if somebody has hurled them, and now all we can do is kind of follow along and see where they're going to land. 
it's actually in the Pamela Coleman Smith deck, one of only two cards that don't have a figure, like a human figure present. Uh, the Eight of Wands and then the Three of Swords is the only other card that doesn't have some sort of human, which basically to me says like, at this point, we have to get out of the way. There's no intervention possible. We just have to follow along with what's already been set in motion. In the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot, we do see a figure, and he's surrounded by these eight wands, and he's being almost like electrocuted. He's catching fire. There's a lightning bolt that is setting him aflame. And so January seems like a start to the year that actually wants to provide us with some momentum. You know, we are in deep winter for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. This is generally a time where we want to turn inwards, where we want to be a little bit more reflective, contemplative, move slowly. Well, not this year. This year, January is a little bit like a rocket, and you just got to start moving. But it's not moving necessarily with new projects. The Eight of Wands is a resurrection. It's something that you have already set in motion. Perhaps it seemed like it wasn't going to happen. Perhaps you even forgot about it. And now all of a sudden, it's catching wind. It's catching fire. It's catching on. February is the Eight of Cups, and when we look at the Wheel of the Year, the way I've laid out this spread, there are four cards that also represent the four winds, the North Wind, the South Wind, the East Wind, and the West Wind. And so these four cards, they represent the month that they suggest, but they also give us a sense of the compass within the wheel. What are the directions of our year? So February is the North, and the North, like the North Node, is where our soul wants to be heading. Not always easy right? Where we want to be heading, what we need to learn is generally not the easiest, most uh, facile thing, but it is important for us to engage with it, not just in February, but all year long. And what we're looking at is another eight, the eight of cups. So eights are evolutions. And like the literal number eight, they spiral in. They are infinity, right? The lemiscate, which is a figure eight on its side, which we see in The Magician, also that we see in Strength, uh, in the Pamela Coleman Smith deck, that is. This represents a never-ending cycle that we're always beginning again and we're always ending again. And we just keep spiraling in around the truth. We keep circling out into wider and wider experiences. So the Eight of Wands is all about the evolution of energy, right? Something is catching fire. But with the Eight of Cups, it's about the evolution of our hearts. And generally, the way that our hearts evolve is away from the things that no longer feed it, that no longer nourish it. So in the Eight of Cups, what we see is a figure who's walking away, walking away from eight perfectly good cups that have served them well. Now, in the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot, we actually see that these cups are a little cracked. There's some fissures there. I'm sure they hold liquid just fine, but I bet they aren't always going to be that way. In Pamela's deck, the cups are not only fully functional, but they're full too. And what that suggests is that we walk away from things not because they are depleted, but because they no longer nourish us. And so February, and truthfully all year long because it's in the position of the North Wind, is an opportunity to explore for ourselves what relationships, what habits, what behaviors, what creative endeavors are no longer nourishing our hearts. It's not easy. I'll share with you personally, I had the Eight of Cups at the center of my wheel for 2023. And those of you who've been listening to the podcast know in a 
really profound way, there were some relationships, Noche, my cousin, that had to evolve because they're no longer here on the earth plane. So for all of us, I think we're evolving our hearts. This isn't about loss or grief necessarily, but it is about growing into a more adult way of meeting our emotional needs. One is like, I like how in this one, he has eyes all over him too. So it's like he sees more. And when you see more, it can be challenging, but you are also able to see what is no longer of necessity. So then in March, we move to the five of swords reversed. So swords are mental. They're the stories we tell ourselves. Swords, as Ascended Master Rachel Pollock so beautifully enlightened us in her tarot teachings, swords were the first instrument that were created for doing harm to another person. And so we know that our thoughts and our words can do great harm to other people, but also to ourselves. And so I find that the Five of Swords is often an understanding or an awareness of how we are at war with ourselves. It's reversed, which suggests soft, gentle, more internal. I find that the more challenging cards, when they come in upside down, aren't as challenging as we might expect, but that doesn't mean they don't have teeth. And so what we see here in the Five of Swords is somebody who is in great distress, great mental agony. But it's different than the Five of Cups, which is emotional pain, emotional stress. This is anxiety. This is depression. This is negative self-talk. But the good news, once we start to see how we do this, we can expedite how long we let these processes continue within us. So once you know how you tear yourself down, as soon as you start to notice that you're doing it, you can stop. Because noticing is 90% of everything. Once something is brought out into the light, it no longer has the same power when it's unconscious or hiding in the dark. The reversal might also suggest that we are paying attention to how other people are doing that, paying attention to how other people are tearing themselves down. And because the Two of Cups is about not just kindness towards oneself, but towards others, bringing people under our wing and saying, hey, I notice you always say this thing to yourself and I don't think it's true or it's helping you. Something very collaborative about having the Two of Cups at, at the center of the wheel, it suggests a deeper intimacy with people. Not the big Ten of Cups community, but the Two of Cups, where it's just two people who are willing to let down their masks and open up their hearts. And that softens the Five of Swords, because every card is having a conversation. And you'll see that conversation is what I just said, right? The Two of Cups with the Five of Swords reversed is how you might help somebody else to understand those things or how somebody else might help you to see your own blind spots. April takes us to another five. So very interesting, right? Two eights and then two fives. So fives are contractions. They're necessary, sacred contractions, but a contraction is challenging nonetheless. I do find that the Five of Wands, which is what April is, to be the gentlest of the fives. So the five of wands is an energetic stagnation. It's where things have become rote, a little stale, and so we need to shake our energy up. 
And April is Aries season. And it's also eclipse season because the North Node is in uh, Aries right now. And it's also the equinox, right? We start a new wheel. So this all suggests that this is a time to start to shake things up, to try things in a new way. It's like a spiritual ceiling fan. When the ceiling fan isn't on, that air can get really heavy and really stuck. So we need to figure out how to shake it up, how to be more playful. In the Pamela Coleman Smith deck, what we see are figures with wands and they're fighting, but they're fighting with wands. They're not fighting with swords. So we understand it's playful. Like nobody's going to die because of what happens here. In the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot, what we actually see are all of the figures have converged to become one kind of amorphous figure with like several arms and several eyes and several legs. And it's as if we are no longer able to discern what is me and what is you. And that's useful because when things get stagnant or stuck, it's because we've lost the thread a bit. We don't know where we are. And so it might be that we have to separate and we have to create new ways of bringing new life and new energy in. It can't be a closed system anymore. And so April's about what is the new that wants to come in? What is the fresh? What is the clean? May is the West. So the West wind teaches us about healing about release and transformation. The West is where the sun sets. We know the sun rises again in the East, but as it disappears into the ocean, what we're left with is a blending of earth and sky. It's a horizon where things meet and become more than they are individually. So the card that sits at the West Wind position, which also happens to be the month of May, is teaching us about what needs to be healed released or transformed in order to understand it more deeply. And what we have here is our very first pentacle of the wheel, and it is the Ten of Pentacles reversed. So the Ten of Pentacles is one of those dream cards. Everybody always wants to see it because it suggests real-world abundance. And even when it's reversed, it still has that sort of auspicious quality to it. The Ten Pentacles, they take the shape of the Tree of Life, which suggests like the underlying energetic makeup of ordinary reality. And in both the Pamela Coleman Smith Tarot and the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot, what we see are figures who are joyful and satisfied and happy, a family unit, so to speak. What I think is really interesting, though, is that the pentacles in the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot, they're all smiley faces, but the smiley face all the way down at the bottom, which in the Tree of Life would be considered Malkut or kingdom, which is where we are. We're like the lowest rung on the ladder. And by we, I mean like ordinary reality. We are the furthest removed from the divine. The The smile is kind of like starting to drip. It's not as uh, fully jubilant mm -hmm. as all the other ones are and that suggests to me that like a reminder that life here in this kingdom is hard as fuck and the compassion that we need to have for ourselves for just being here and still being here is really important but when the ten of pentacles is reversed what it really suggests first and foremost is gratitude and that we can heal with gratitude and that we need to heal our relationship with gratitude it's no surprise to anybody who lives in contemporary earth that things are really fucked up and we are in the midst of really old systems that keep us grasping reaching systems that stoke our greed and our scarcity 
but gratitude is a healer. And just being grateful for whatever it is that we have, our health, our ability to move, fresh air, clean water, soft clothes, connections with people, books we love. Maybe it's a car that's able to take you from point A to point B, but gratitude. Gratitude is a healer. And so I think that will be really important for May especially. It's interesting too because May astrologically is when Jupiter moves from Taurus into Gemini. Yeah. And Jupiter is a planet of abundance. And all of a sudden, it's moving its blessing into a whole new zodiacal energy. And so the Ten of Pentacles might suggest that, too. It's a new sort of abundance, a new sort of gratitude as Jupiter moves from Earth Taurus into Air Gemini. Yeah. Gemini brings maybe like some awareness of the abundance. Yeah, totally. And June is the Six of Swords reversed. So interesting that we've had the Five of Swords back in March, and now we've got the Six of Swords, both of them still reversed, so maybe more internal. Sometimes reversed cards suggest a more internal expression. But the Six of Swords is now the expansion. We had the contraction, the Five, now we get the expansion. And the Six of Swords shows us in transit. So in the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot, the swords, uh, they're almost like stepping stones across a river. And the figure that's kind of hopping from one sword to the next is holding in their hand this lotus flower that contains both a ladybug and a grasshopper, and they're both backlit by the sun. And so there's this sense that we're able to carry um, whatever grasshopper and ladybug represent for you from one shore to the next. In the Pamela Coleman Smith tarot, it's a boatman who's got a cloaked figure and a little naked baby. And so whatever that cloaked figure and the naked baby represent, these are the aspects of ourself that are moving from one reality to another reality. There's an expansion of how we think about things. There's a new story that wants to come through. And because it's Gemini season, that makes a lot of sense. But again, reversed cards can be slow. They can be subtle. You have to turn around like a sleeping baby in the backseat of your car. You got to turn around to remember that they're there. So we'll use June as an opportunity to see what sort of expanded story for ourselves we're ready to tell. So we're like halfway through. So I just want to say something really curious about this spread, and if you're looking at the photo, you've maybe already noticed this. Not a single court card. Not a single one. There are 16 of them in the deck. Not a single one was pulled. Mm -mm. There are many ways to interpret what that is. You know, the court cards, they show us a mirror. They say this is who it would be best for you to be at this time. So maybe what that suggests is that there isn't a single court card for all of us that needs to come through. And that actually brings me back to the Two of Cups, which is about our own authenticity. Yeah. Our willingness to love all of ourselves is what allows our true nature to shine forwards. And so we don't need a whole collective of Queen of Cups, you know? This year we don't need a whole collective of Page of Swords. What we need actually is just you in your own unconditional loving presence. I kind of like it. It's yeah, like there's... Definitely. An, yeah. Yeah, it just like reminds you to connect to just who you are at your core. Yeah, there's no like mass prescription here. Mm -mm. There's only your unique medicine. 
that you feed yourself and hopefully the people that you are wanting to develop more intimacy towards. All right, so in July, we get our first of three major arcana cards. So we've got the Hermit. So the Hermit is about lighting our own inner light. The Hermit is when we retreat, a necessary retreat. We're not running away. We're running towards ourself, towards the truth of who we are. And you know, as well as I do, especially as we come down from the holidays, how easy it is to get distracted by running around and accomplishing, they said in quotation marks, as opposed to sitting down and facing yourself and deepening the only relationship that really matters, which is the one with your soul. Because the deeper your relationship with your soul is, the deeper your relationships with everything else become. Your relationship with other people, your relationship with the spirits of nature, your Relationship with the themes that we've already been talking about, gratitude, expansion, evolution, abundance. So there's something about July that actually wants us to pause a bit, to return to the inner teacher and make sure that they're allowed a seat at the table. August is the south wind. So the south is a position of power. It's where we go when we feel a little ragged. It's where we go when we need a little bit of encouragement. It's hard to walk that north road. We talked about it. So the south is sometimes what comes easy, but it's also what can fill us up when we're a little depleted. And in the south position is our second major arcana card of the wheel, which is the hanged one. The hanged one is all about acceptance. Really, it's about surrender about not fighting what is. And I always think there are two realms in which surrender needs to happen. There's surrender to the external, which is just like circumstances that are beyond your control, right? Like it's raining. So, you know, you're not going to be able to change that just by putting on your summer outfit. So, you know, you have to surrender to the rain. You got to put on some rain boots. You got to grab an umbrella. Or other circumstances, right? Like you only have the money in your bank account that you have. You're only as tall as you are. But the more interesting, and what I think like the even more empowering surrender is within ourselves. And again, this goes back to the Two of Cups. It's like, how are we surrendering to our inherent desires? How are we surrendering to the truth of ourselves? You know, like you like what you like. You're good at what you're good at. You're curious about that which you're curious about. Why are you fighting that? Why aren't you just surrendering to it and seeing where it will lead you? Oftentimes, the things that we ignore or that we refuse to integrate are those very things that hold the answers for the questions that keep us up at night, that doggedly plague us. And so the hanged one says like, hey, what if you just went with the flow? What if you went with yourself as opposed to against yourself? What if you celebrated the things that you're interested in as opposed to hid them or tried to disguise them as something else? And since you know what the third major arcana card is, we already talked about it, it's the strength card. It's interesting that the three major arcana cards that showed up for us this year are all in the second line of the tarot. So some of you might not be familiar with this technique, but there are 21 major arcana cards. Well, there's there's 22 because there's the fool, but we set the fool aside because the fool is zero, which isn't really a number, right? It's, it's no number and all number. Mm-hmm. 
And so what we're left with is 21 cards from the magician to the world, and we separate them into three lines of seven. And so those three lines represent three worlds. The first world is life, the second world is death, and the third world is rebirth. So we are all squarely in the death line. Now this doesn't mean we're all going to die. It's just talking about ego death. It's talking about something wanting to give way to something else. In the second line of the tarot, we're not engaged in the world. We're not hanging out in the garden of the empress or in the empire of the emperor. We're actually retreating back into ourselves. That's also what strength is about. It's the strength to turn away from what the world is feeding you and discover that rich inner world that was there all along. And when you have that strength and you do pivot... That's why the hermit comes next, because the hermit's there to greet you, to say, let me bring you deeper into your own inner cave of wisdom and magic and creativity. So I just think it's, it's really interesting and quite compelling and speaks to us a little bit about like what our work is. And I am not here to say that we should not engage with the world. This world needs us. It's a broken world and we can fix it with spiritual skills and with unconditional love and compassion, but to not let the external world exert an unnecessary influence on us. Because it's really easy to doom scroll and to forget that you have work that you need to do, that there's a legacy your soul wants to leave behind. And so I think it's just about balance. I also think about, you know, twos, the two of cups, the center of the wheel, twos present us with choices. Are you going to choose love or are you going to choose fear? Are you going to choose all of yourself or are you going to pick and choose? Are you going to choose separation or are you going to choose unity? And just to kind of tie it back to the south position, this is where we get our power from, the hanged one. Our power comes from our ability to surrender, to accept, to not wish it away, to not hem and haw over could have done, should have done, but say, this is what it is right now. This is who I am right now. Okay, these are the tools I have. Fine. I wish I had more. I wish I had less. But this is what I've got. I'm going to move forwards with it. Because the alternative is just distraction or stagnation. And ideally, because we've already engaged with stagnation in the Five of Wands in April, we are already feeling a little bit more flow. Last four months of the year. I've been channeling, babe. You have anything you want to add so far? I feel like <laughs> no, this has just, just become like the Brandon hour. Go with the flow. So as we move into these last four months, we are getting further and further from real time, whatever that is. But I do want to say that asking questions about the future can change the future, and the future is not fixed. The future is always shifting. And so especially these last four months, we can talk about them generally, but as we get into those months, as those months become real time, September, October, November, December, we'll understand more fully what these cards have to say. So September is the Three of Pentacles. So another pentacle here. And the Three of Pentacles is about collaboration. So now we are moving out into the world and we're working with other people to bring things into reality. In the Pamela Coleman Smith Tarot, the three figures are trying to install a stained glass window in a church. They're trying to create something beautiful for the divine. And they have very specific roles. There's an architect, there's an assistant, there's an artisan. 
in the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot, we also have a similar scene. Uh, we've got a figure on a ladder who's trying to patch a hole in the ceiling. And through that hole, we can see the clouds. And then we also have somebody that has what looks like blueprints, and then another figure who's kind of the intermediary between the blueprints and the work that actually has to be done. So this is all to symbolize an understanding of our roles, and that we can't be everything to everyone. And even though we contain multitudes, sometimes we get in our own way by trying to be too much to too many people, as opposed to just understanding what our specialties are and staying in our own lane, running our own race. And so September seems like a moment to call yourself back in. Threes, they are inherently creative. They're a triangle. That's a really strong shape. And they're fertile. And so there's an understanding that when you stick with what your specialty is, Sometimes that's what you're best at. Sometimes your specialty is your interest. Sometimes your specialty isn't a particular thing, but it's your point of view. It's how you approach things. But leaning into that and understanding that we all have our own roles. And because it's pentacles, it would suggest that September is a really good time to just get clear about what is within your jurisdiction and what is way above your pay grade. Would you say it's collaborative? Oh, it's super collaborative, Mm -hmm. but it's like you don't need three web designers. You know, you need one web designer, you need one graphic artist, and you need one person to write the check. So it's collaborative, but it's collaborating with the right people and making sure that you're collaborating with the right people through authentically showing what your interests and strengths are. Got it. And weaknesses, you know, it's okay to say like, I really have no interest in that, or I'm really not good at that. It reminds me of a Cher interview that we just watched the other day when Cher, uh, she grew up dyslexic, but she wasn't diagnosed for a really long time because of dyslexia not really being understood at the time she was a child. And she really struggled with math. I promise this story has a point. And she came home from math class one day, really upset because she had just done terribly on a test. And her mom looks at her and said, don't worry, honey, when you're older, you'll have somebody who can do that for you. (laughs) Yeah. What I think is so beautiful about that story, not just the fact that it's about Cher, and we all know how I feel about Cher, is that Cher's mom saw her. She understood what her specialty was. It wasn't going to be math, you know? Now, We all need to have a little bit of math skills because, you know, that just shows up. But if there are things that don't strike your interest, you have to ask yourself, why? Why am I so determined and stubborn and trying to make this part of myself when really it doesn't need to be in the first place? And I really think that because we're coming from the hanged one, because we're coming from that surrender, we're clearer with what our specialties are and what we actually have to bring to the table. October is another sword. So it's a swords-heavy year. A lot of swords. It's also reversed. So that's some good news. Again, thank Angel Lopez, who pulled this bread. All of our swords are upside down. So what we're working with here is the Eight of Swords. And this is our third eight. Four, if we include strength. So that feels very intentional. It's almost like a wink from spirit. Like, yes, this is the spread for the year because it's an eight year. And then three of the four eights are present. The only eight that we don't have is the eight of pentacles. So the eight of swords reversed for October is about evolving our minds. So the six of swords is expanding our minds, right? We're telling a new story. 
But the Eight of Swords is bringing us into something that we wouldn't even be able to perceive until we get there. So I actually think the best interpretation of the Eight of Swords is in the Wild Unknown deck. And what you're looking at is a butterfly who's trying to unwrap themselves from their cocoon, and yet they're surrounded by swords. They don't feel like they can open, like they can evolve. And yet we look at the card, and we know, because the card is flat, that they can evolve out from the card. If they were to evolve from two dimensions to three dimensions, they would actually be able to fulfill their destiny. Now, the way that Pamela drew it, what we see is a figure who's blindfolded, not unlike the figure in the Dang Olsen Dream Tarot. And this figure is also bound. They're surrounded by swords. And yet we can see that it's not really tightly uh, wrapped up. Like this figure could escape pretty easily if she wanted to. And there's a big gap in the swords. But what we're choosing to look at is where we're bound up, as opposed to acknowledging where we might be able to be free. So this is the evolution of the mind. And to me, what it really comes down to is like, what self-imposed limitations have we agreed to as true, but they're actually illusions. They're actually lies. And so we have to evolve our minds beyond them. In a lot of ways, I think the aid of sorts is our ability to evolve beyond our programming. And that is not an easy thing to do, right? It's like trying to explain to a fish what water is. And so if we look at the trajectory of the card so far. We started with those two eights, and now here we are in October with our final eight before strength, of course, the major eight. It's like we've lived enough, we've seen enough, we've surrendered enough to realize what programming is just that, some sort of framework that was put in place, but that isn't law, that isn't connected to the heart of truth. And the reversal means that it's deep inside of ourselves, that we have to slow down and we have to be almost like a detective, which is good because it's Scorpio season and nobody's a better detective than a Scorpio, to really look inside of ourselves and see, where have I agreed to something about myself that actually isn't true? Maybe it was true. Give yourself some grace there, but it's certainly not true anymore. And so that's a big month for evolving our stories that we tell, not just about the world we live in, but that's part of it for sure, but more so about ourself. Then we move to November and our final sword for the year. So the Seven of Swords is all about being too clever for our own good. It's a little bit about deception. And so in the Dream Tarot, what you'll see is that the figure looking at themselves in the mirror doesn't see the swords that are slicing them open. What they're choosing to see or what's choosing to be shown isn't necessarily the whole. In the Pamela Coleman Smith tarot, what we see is a figure sneaking out of enemy camp with two swords as if stealing, uh, no, sorry, with five swords, they've left two swords behind. And the suggestion is that, like they're trying to steal the enemy's ammunitions to end the war. But that's not how you end a war. There's no diplomacy. There's no resolution. So in the Seven of Swords, what we're really looking at is where we're afraid to tell the truth on ourselves, where we're shifting our perspective, where we're trying to work at the periphery instead of just going to the heart of the situation. 
And the reversal would just suggest that it's more subtle, it's more sneaky than we want to admit. I can't help but meditate on the fact that November is going to be election season here in the United States, and it's very easy to kind of say, like, well, this person is the problem, or this party's the problem, as opposed to understanding that, like, we're all the problem. Sevens in the tarot are inherently spiritual. So this is spiritual mind, and it's figuring out how to use our minds as a tool for clarity and enlightenment, as opposed to a tool for deception, a tool for being sneaky. So we just want to watch for an oversimplification or working too hard at intellectualizing something that's really clear if we mm -hmm. would just choose to look at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. This is also in the East position. The East is where the sun rises. It's what's coming in, the new, the fresh, the clean. So I would just suggest that perhaps what's coming in is an awareness of how we deceive ourselves. Some greater truth. Some greater truth, and that we're ready for it. You know, the last few years have pulled back the curtain on a lot of things, and especially with Pluto moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius, as we kind of enter into our last year of this 29 degree Pluto, zero to two degrees Aquarius dance, we're really getting clear on where we've been lied to and how we've internalized those lies and have been lying to ourselves. And then we end in December with strength, or as Dang Olson in the Dang Olson Dream Tarot calls it, vitality. Yeah, I love that term. And you can look at her. She is magnificent riding this like sixth dimension lion creature with scaled feet and a snake fire tail. And there's this sense of like joy and connection and energy and passion and tremendous capacity for presence. And that's what December is leading us to. That's what this whole year is leading us to. A strength year is a year to engage with your creativity and your power for play and to enjoy being here. Maybe we're just here to enjoy as best we can with each other as fully as we can allow ourselves to receive and to do the hard work necessary so that others can enjoy being here too. Yeah, I don't think we uh, collectively have an easy time enjoying. No, we don't. Because enjoying is also connected to presence. You have to be present in order to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And we're always told to chase after the next thing, that what we have isn't enough. That who we are isn't enough. And that's just a lie that we've internalized. So fuck that shit. <laughs> so there you go, babies. 2024 in tarot language. So we've got three majors, only two pentacles. We've got four swords. We've got two wands and two cups. So the good news is that everything is well represented, with the exception of the court cards, who are not so mysteriously absent. Mm -hmm. But I'd also be curious to hear from y'all, like, why do you think the court cards aren't here? Or maybe we'll have to have this conversation a year from now. Well, you can't blame me, because I didn't pull them, Spirit pulled them through my hand. 
Spirit, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that marathon of a beautiful reading for us. My pleasure. The Year Ahead Spread is one of my favorites, and I can't wait to do it for ourselves individually Mm -hmm. once Mercury is direct. That sounds good. But we wanted to give you this little taste of the year to come. We hope 2024 brings you incredible blessings. And closer to us, we hope to get to know you more next year. So thank you for being here. You know where to find us. You know who we are. I realize we never introduced ourselves. (laughs) Well, let's do it now. I'm Angel Lopez. I'm a film producer. I'm a writer. I'm an astrologer and a teacher of metaphysics. And I'm Brandon Alter. I'm a queer, non-binary spirit healer, tarot reader, astrologer, and writer. And this has been your transit through the spiritual game.